Hey guys, welcome to Trans Talk for Men, the show for trans attracted men. Uh, I'm Eric with my co-host Chris, and a uh, little little news off the start right there is uh, I've just decided to shorten up that intro because I can never fucking get it right when it's a long <laughs> paragraph, and I've decided fuck it, I'm gonna give up. And if you don't know what trans attracted men is, or if you can't figure out what Trans Talk for Men is, probably not the show for you. Uh, having said all that, my fucking landlord Chris woke my <laughs> ass up. Super fucking early. Well, not super fucking early, but earlier than I would like to be woken up the other day. So there's a dead tree branch hanging over our driveway and uh, where we park. Because my, my landlord lives next door to me. Uh, okay. there's, a, there's a dead tree branch hanging over there and there's three cars parking. And it's it's uh, been dead for about a month now and needs to fall or be cut. And she finally got a quote on it and had some people come and cut it except for... Let's see, she cut it yesterday morning, so that was Tuesday. So on Monday, she texts Natalie and I at like 11 at night, and she's like, oh, hey, can you move your cars? Because the tree cutters are going to be here between 7.30 and 8. And I'm like, what the actual fuck? Um, So I went and moved my car, but I'm like, okay. I'm like, why couldn't she schedule this for 10 o'clock when everybody's gone and they can have full range so we move our cars out of the way and i'm sleeping that morning i hear the tree guys setting up in the morning but they're not super loud so they don't bother me and then all of a sudden this fucking knock at my door and there's a guy he's like hi this is james from tree cutting professionals can we get you to move your vehicles and i'm like how about fuck off because i'm sleeping i just don't like to be woken up that's the moral of that story is don't fucking wake me up when i'm sleeping (laughs) Hey, so. that's, I mean, that's how that's how it normally rolls, though, man. Those guys get started early. I don't care if they They're get started early. I get started late. <laughs> um, go cut somebody else's tree down. Dude, before. it is so hard to sleep through that shit, too. Yeah, go like, cut somebody else's tree. You try to go tree. to sleep through, through it, and it just doesn't fucking work. No. No, not at it's all. the worst. Like, I don't know why they have to do it so fucking early. Normal people are sleeping. I know they're big tree lumbermen, and they have to be real strong and have their beards and stuff like that, even though I have a beard, but... Um, uh, well, we, yeah. have, we both got. Well, you have a real beard. I have what what they call in the uh, urban dictionary a struggle beard. What's a struggle beard? <laughs> a struggle beard is. You ever see those guys that try to grow beards, but like the mustache and the rest of the beard don't one hundred percent connect, and it's oh. not like really uh, thick. Oh yeah. Yeah, I got a struggle beard, so to I speak. Mean, so mine's not. I like keep it low cut. Thick. I'm I'm in hobo mode right now, but. Usually, if I have something nice like an interview or a wedding to attend, I'll trim it down and won't. It, the struggle will be much less. But oh, I mean, mine's not super thick by any means, but I do grow a pretty okay goatee. So definitely. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so uh, real quick, back to the tree story, and then we can move on to something else real quick and whatnot, and then we can tell the guys the exciting news of today's episode. But uh, so I go out there in the morning to move my car yet a fucking again. Actually, both my cars, and. I'm, I'm looking at these guys, and like I said, it is a tree branch. Like, if I had a 30-foot ladder, I could have gone up there with a pair of fucking brush cutters and cut the fucking thing down, and it would have been fine. Like, it was big enough that if it fell on a car, it would do damage, but that was about it. Like, barely big enough. So, I go out there, and they've got a crew of, like, 13 guys. And I'm like, um... So you're just paying nine of them to stand around and watch the other four work? 
Like, no wonder a branch costs 350 fucking bucks. Like, this is ridiculous. I'm like, you guys woke me up and you're doing this job like a bunch of assholes. So, don't wake me up. That's the moral of that story. Don't, <laughs> hey, at least don't... it was a weekday. That's you true. Know, nothing's I mean, worse than having your like sleep in morning ruined uh, uh, by like, I mean, yard crews. I, I'll definitely give that to you. That it's better than sleeping. Uh, than it, I mean, if they showed up at seven thirty on a Saturday or Sunday, I'd probably go get my own chainsaw and go fight them. But uh, <laughs> we'd have a chainsaw battle. Um, but uh, yeah, but I mean, I wake up at eight fifteen to work out anyway. But I'm like, don't don't fuck with my sleep. I'm like, give me that 45 minutes. Don't fuck with it. Uh, I spent the whole day grumpy because of it. Um, I feel you. Yeah, it takes me so. half the day to get rid of the grump. Everybody oh, yeah, in my well, job knows don't fuck with Chris when he first get in. Like That is not the time to talk. Yeah, that's... that's I need at least an hour to, for my whole personality to wake up. Well, see, that's one of the bonus things about my, my job is that I just go to work, get in my truck, and I don't have to talk to a fucking soul for oh, hours nice. on end. Um, I kind of hate my job right now because I'm very close to like not working here anymore. So it's just oh, like man. I come in and I don't care, and I'm just like, oh my god, will this day just fucking end? Oh yeah, oh no, it's the it's the exact same for me because next Thursday I'm done with my job. Oh um, cool. And when you guys hear this, who the people who are listening out, out there, I'm talking about you, Rel, and um, everybody else whose name. And all the homies from the Discord. Yeah, all, everybody else I'm forgetting of. So Noah, Rel. Uh, Andre Apollo, you know, all those good people. Anyway, um, yeah, I, I'll have quit the job by the time you hear it. But yeah, um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm closing in on the end too. So I am just chomping at the fucking bit. I just get in my truck and I go, I don't want to do this. I'm like, I could find the nearest ditch and dump all the packages in a ditch and call it a day. Um, I'm not going to. For anybody listening from the FBI, uh, I'm not going to tamper with packages. Don't arrest me. I don't want to be arrested. I'm too beautiful to be arrested. How about you, Chris? Any any random news before we before we get into it? Nah, man. I'm just chilling out here, enjoying life in Denver for the limited amount of time I'm still out here. Yep, that's right. Yep, and then you're moving out to Houston, right? Houston, H-Town. And that's on the beach, isn't it? Close to it. Uh, Close it's about enough. an hour away from the Gulf of Mexico. So well, that ain't I'm definitely looking forward to catching some cruises. Uh-huh. I catch some te- cheap deals on like Groupon or somewhere else for a cruise. Uh-huh. Then I don't have to pay for air for it. I just fucking drive down there and leave my car for a weekend. Love Are it. Groupon cruises. I've never been on a cruise before. Oh, yeah, no. They got they got deals on Groupon, man. Don't sleep on it. Well, I'm going to say is like, is, 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 a, is a Groupon cruise a good cruise? To me, that's like the Costco mm. of cruises. Well, I, I don't know, but I would say um, I'm all I'm also in this other like travel. I forget the name of it. It's something you, you pay a monthly fee and then you get like amazing deals on all sorts of vacations around the world. And I've been doing it for like, I don't know, six months now and I haven't taken one trip because I've been saving my money for moving. So what's the well, you'll have to give me the app later. Yeah, I have to tell you what it is, but it's like stupid fucking deals. So. I need I need my international travel. It is killing me. My, my fucking passport has expired. And I'm like, no. Um, man, I miss being abroad. Anyway, moving on. Yeah, let's so, get into it. Yeah, let's let's do it. So guys, we have a very special guest today. Uh, our guest is Maddie Beautiful. Maddie. Hello, thank you for having me. 
Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for uh, giving us the honor of speaking with you. Um, we're going to talk to you about all sorts of things now. Uh, Maddie, what is it that you do? Why did we Why did we bring you on to this? Now, of course, I could go through it and I could be like, oh, Maddie does such and such a thing. But I'd rather you say it in your words. Great. Um, so what I do is I facilitate and coordinate safe spaces for trans and what we call trans amours to meet, make friends, and basically generally exist. Mm-hmm. I do that both in Denver and we're moving up to New York City this next month. Uh-oh. Oh, so you're gonna you're gonna stop doing this in Denver, or are you gonna no, keep I'm going, going to in Denver? Expand. Okay, so it's a you're gonna have a Denver branch and a New York branch. Yes. Mm-hmm. And where will your new New York branch be located? So far, the current location we're working with is in Brooklyn. Okay. Yes, there's a lot of young, radical, inclusive parties and spaces and people that live there. Mm-hmm. So creating an accessible space. Uh, in Brooklyn feels like a good first step. Obviously, when you're looking at other events similar to mine, they're typically targeted towards more Manhattan. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But we'll get more into that later. Okay, yeah, we can definitely we can definitely talk about that later. I actually like Brooklyn quite a lot. Uh, plus, you have the boardwalk at Bro- uh, Brooklyn. Um, Gorgeous. Absolutely. And uh, that would be a great party location if I'll there's not I'll put that on my travel party. list. Never been. What's that? I said I'll put that on my travel list. I'm, I've never been. Yeah, I haven't really, been in New York yet, so it's it's, it's really cool. It's on um, the list. There's there's a lot of cool graffiti in Brooklyn. Really? Yeah. In street art, and also always fly into Newark. Never fly into LaGuardia. Really? Yeah, they're doing an insane amount of renovations, uh-huh. and it's a complete and total disaster. Oh, see, wow. really? Because when I was there, not but a few months ago, I flew into LaGuardia, and it was all right. Did you fly out of LaGuardia? I don't remember. Probably. <laughs> Probably. Maybe I just got them on, on a bad day then. Well, it could, it could be. I mean, they might have started renovations right afterwards because it's been a few months. But uh, uh, So, yeah, do Newark. I'll roll with Maddie whatever. on this. LaGuardia, get your stuff together. Yeah. yeah do and better. Newark is closer to Brooklyn, so it's a shorter Uber. Oh, well, that, okay. Yeah. See, now that. Pro tip. That's helpful. Now, Chris, how, what, are you, that what are you talking about? Manhattan or no? Is that closer to like Manhattan too, or? Oh, it's Newark? not far. It's just a couple stops. No, it's kind of fifty-fifty when it comes to Manhattan, depending on the part of Manhattan that you're going to. Okay. If you're going to the up, uh, the top or the bottom, really. Uh, just take the choo-choo. It it'll take you there. Choo-choo. Yes. The choo-choo. The above-ground choo-choo. I don't know, like, man. Like Hollywood has made it seem like the choo-choo is uh populated by thugs looking to like beat up tourists or something it's no not. it's mostly populated by spider-man <laughs> superheroes and well uh, i know the mutants. ninja turtles will help me out but yeah see yeah <laughs> well the soul spider-man spider-man protects everybody i don't think he's in our universe anymore so oh yeah i, I, I can't I, count I read, on him man he's gone i, I read your he tweet gone, children. um <laughs> but uh what was i gonna say um Oh yeah, I was gonna say, Chris, don't don't fucking bash on LaGuardia for being under construction when you live out in Colorado that has like the biggest construction airport ever. Oh uh, well, they fixed it up. They're good now. Okay. No, no, they're still doing DIA stuff. DIA yeah. is. Uh, here's the tea: mm. the people who are doing the construction and the people who are doing the budget are not seeing eye to eye, so they're in a standstill right now. And I just landed in DIA like a week ago, and I've been picking up friends for my birthday weekend all weekend at DIA. Mm -hmm. And it is 
crazy busy and crazy messy because they stopped it. And mm. I'm super shocked and I really hope that they can pull together before the holiday season. Oh, As someone yeah. who travels to that airport literally multiple times every month. You have clear? It's crazy. No. Get clear. I I'm know. I need you. to get clear. Clear well, is the truth. Maddie, I'm going to have you. I'm going to have to correct you on that whole not seeing eye to eye thing because I've read some pretty legitimate sources that say it's the Illuminati. So, oh, well, um, I mean, isn't there like some tunnel or something beneath the airport? Oh or? yeah, there's there's all there's that's where they keep the uh, lizard people. I'm, and I'm it not goes local, to Area but... 51. And... I'm not saying that I was directly hired by the Illuminati to speak about and to redirect <laughs> the attention from what's really going on, but it's definitely a contract debate. I'm just I'm just I'm just saying pyramid with an eye. That's all I'm just saying, you know. Um Jay-Z's involved. I was going to say <laughs> Beyonce so. herself. Yes, Queen B. Love you Queen B. Mm-hmm. Thanks for buying the Denver about? airport and remodeling oh, yeah, it. I'm just Beyonce. We, oh, we, like, we love yeah. Beyonce. She's <laughs> yeah, married to yeah. Jay-Z who was allegedly associated with the Illuminati. Oh, is she? Yeah. I didn't know that. Is. You know I she don't is? keep up with that shit. Oh, well, yeah, I mean, it's Queen B. Oh, shit. I've been down with her ever since. Yeah, Can you pay it's my not bills? King Z. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That is true. <laughs> it's Queen B. <laughs> that is true. We don't say King. Yeah, you're right. Okay. <laughs> yeah, because from what I understand, Jay Z isn't shit compared to Beyonce. Oh, he's so overrated. I mean, you I know Beyonce's way more hung than he is. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get into that later, too. Um, For sure. Well, yeah, how hung um... Beyonce is. You heard it here first, folks. Um, <laughs> God, I feel like Alex Jones now. Um, oh, let me tell you, let me tell you that Beyonce has a penis. Oh. While he looks at pictures of Marissa Minx. Yeah, that's it. it Marissa Minx. <laughs> I couldn't remember who it was. I was like, Oh yeah, that's who it was. I'm like, who the fuck was it? Because I, I was actually talking to somebody about that the other day, and I'm like, who was it? I'm like, it was. Uh, I kept. I was on M, but I couldn't figure out who it was. Yes, she's like the resident house, like. I always, whenever I think of Marissa Meeks, I think of like the Desperate Housewife. Like she seems like she's in that perfect age demographic where she's just like, I'm drinking wine all day and I'm enjoying life and I'm just chilling. Really? I'm spending all my days out by the pool and I drink wine. Hmm. And then I have sex with pool boys. When I think of Marissa Meeks, I don't think of Marissa Meeks. So. <laughs> That's hilarious. I like it. <laughs> um. Anyway, let's get into it. So uh, yep. we're going to actually make this an interview, not just uh, the three of us talking about the Illuminati. Um, Maddie, we've got some questions for you. Now, you've seen these questions. You've okayed these questions. I'm just giving that to the guys. So if they seem random fire or whatever, we've uh, we've already established this. That's right, guys. We actually have some sort of a loose script going on here, um, which we never have because I'm too lazy to write one. It arrived as a tight script. Oh, so tight, but it's loose now. We we took care of that, the three of us. Um, tag teaming. Uh, I like that joke. It's good. Um, God, it's a good script. All right, Maddie. Um, I I'm gonna I'm gonna ask some questions about yourself. Uh, I want to know. I want I want to we both Chris and I want to know more about you, but our audience will want to know more about you. And the reason that is is because our audience is, uh, as you talk or uh, um. As you mentioned before, there's trans amorous men or trans amour or however the fuck it's pronounced. I'm not French. Um, or as we say on here, trans attracted men, which is fairly equivalent from Six what I Six of one, half a dozen of the other. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yep. Um, and so the men that we're trying to reach through the podcast, 
uh, are oftentimes are oftentimes inexperienced with these sort of things in that they see pornography and they have these fantasies, but they are unaware of what real trans women are like. And so we try to shed light on that through all aspects, through dating, through talking, through interviews, um, through a person's personal story. Uh, we had a, uh, my girlfriend Natalie on and I asked her about her personal journey and stuff like that. So I, I feel like the more information we can give about these sort of things, it helps illuminate uh, this world for these guys and therefore makes them better allies and more successful in finding love and dating and being genuinely good people and not just weird internet behind the wall sort of folk. Um, that sounds like an incredible intention. Yeah, that's good what we're trying. and not weird internet. That, that's what that's what we try well that's what we try to do and i don't want to get too much into what we do but when we came up with the idea for trans talk for men it was chris and i both met and we said we both like trans women and you know that's how we got the foot in the door but then we became friends and then we talked about it and we talked about how there's really no community for guys to come together to support other guys who are attracted to trans women and how can we build upon that while at the same time you know, speaking directly to the guys in 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 the way that other men can, because I'm not saying that trans women, of course, can't be advocates, because of course they can, and that's why we have them on the show and we talk to them and we want to we want to show these people real people, but we also want to be like, bro, bro, you got to do it this way, bro, because um, <laughs> hey. we're bras that way. This is how we usually do the podcast. We're like, hey, bro, what's going on? If that's how bras, bra, I'm all about y'all, brawn. Well, we, we bra so hard, bra, bra. Yeah, cool. Bra. Okay, so, uh, Maddie, when did you first know that you were trans? Well, um, I think the best way to answer something like that is when you see yourself in your community and you see a very diverse community, then you have the ability to self-actualize and discover yourself. And what I mean by that is I moved to Los Angeles when I was 18 and I was working as a makeup artist and costume designer. Mm -hmm. I really wanted to be a production designer. And um, when you work with cr super creative, super talented people in ho literally Hollywood, mm -hmm. you start to see that questions that were burning you so hard at one point in your life seemed less and less important and that opened up the opportunity and freedom to express yourself so while I was like obviously like a super queer raging homosexual queen stage entertained stress hmm. I didn't really have like the safety and access to present how I wanted to on a day-to-day -day basis until I moved to Los Angeles and I could see that there was so many different types of people there that nobody would even notice someone who's 6'5", 185 pounds with long purple hair extensions and platform boots. Mm -hmm. Like That was such a normal thing in a city that is film and entertainment for its culture. So I'd say yes, when I had the opportunity to be around um, a nonviolent space. 
Well, so not even just like an accepting space, but a space where people weren't violent. Well, it sounds it sounds more than nonviolence to me. It sounds almost like you needed a space where you could almost be invisible uh, to experiment with your self and who you are and your image in the sense that people see you certainly, but nobody really cares. Um, that's Absolutely. that's sort of what it sounds like to me. And being different doesn't threaten people the way it does where right, when you're right, right. at a different part of the country where being the same is so vital. I understand that. Um, mm-hmm. So did you, when you said you were, you know, before you transitioned that you were a raging stage homosexual and stuff like that. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I performed in drag for many, many years. Oh, yeah. I mean, we, 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 we understand where you're coming from. Did you do that because it was the closest you could get to how you were feeling or because it was sort of um, that over-the-top personification that let you get a little bit of you out safely? So there's two answers. To, that's like a two-part answer. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first part is drag spaces specifically. I'm not talking about gay bars, but spaces where a drag is encouraged is also typically inclusive to trans people. Mm-hmm. So that's a great space to, as a non-binary or gender fluid person, to get your toes wet in your community, so to speak. And the second part of that mm-hmm. answer was... Hmm. Oh, I'm sorry. We don't have time for your second part of the answer. All we right. Thanks for having me today, everyone. <laughs> yeah. It was a blast. I hope you learned a lot. I'm, I'm kidding. Continue on. No, of course. Um, let's see. What was I saying? Oh, you said get your feet wet in that space. In the yes. second part. And um uh let's see. Oh. Oh my mind just derailed. We're just no, too I, funny of a group. To- I totally threw you off. That was my That's okay. That was, that was we'll blame mistake. it on that, not because I'm <laughs> No, it was it was absolutely me throwing you off for a quick you uh finish one of those. A quick uh, yeah. Gag. I actually finished a second one of these coffees. So I'm basically super focused. Good lord. You guys are slugging coffees Two over there. Starbucks double shot energy drinks. Damn, speech. put me on blast on the whole internet. Two? Yes. Two. Yeah. Well, I'm just oh, going to turn the nutrition effects away. There we go. Well, yeah, well, <laughs> none of that. I'm just worried about the caffeine. I'm worried your heart might stop. Um <laughs> I was like a kid when I grew up. He would just fucking drink Monster all day long. And he's yes. Like, he's like, oh, the caffeine doesn't even affect me. I'm like, that's because you're high. Um, totally. It's because your like, brain exploded and you had a stroke. And yeah, I'm 14. like, you're vibrating. Um, <laughs> I had a roommate so. that used to drink two a day. Nope. We got free Monster back in our uh, fraternity house. Oh, geez. One of the, ca- the campus rep was in our house. So, like, weekly, Monster would deliver, like, 20 cases of Monster to us mm-hmm. every week. Gross. So everybody was just drinking it because it was free. Tastes like fucking poison. And it is poison, so... That's yeah. true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I say that okay. as I sip on my Red Bull. Yeah. <laughs> I'm I, off the Red Bulls. I actually have a Whoa. water next to me today, so... I think oh, you're man. lying for attention because there's no one there to verify that fact. <laughs> that, that very well yeah, could be. I'm that. usually actually drinking a Coke. What's happening. Um, but I do have water today. Um, that's only because I drank two Cokes today, and I'm like, oh, I can't do another one. I'm get diabetes. Uh, I feel that. Drink and that die. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, I mean, back to the transitioning. Oh, so yeah, I want to loop us right back. Mm-hmm. Um, Smooth segue. Yes. So what do you think is important for, you know, a lot of the guys that cisgender 
heterosexual males, like, what's important for us to know about the transitioning process? Like, what would you like everybody to know? I think the most important thing for everybody to know, especially trans people who are listening to this, but also especially men, is that the transition never ends. It is an Mm. entire life. Your life is transition. And when you see the difference between somebody who is pre-implants but maybe has laser hair removal, maybe is taking hormones, um, maybe somebody who is wearing a hard front wig instead of grown-out hair or a lace front wig. When you're seeing the difference between, say, what a stranger might consider a cross-dresser versus a full trans woman, all of that is privilege. Whether you have the financial backing of your family whether you have the financial backing of your job or you have the fin- or the access and resources to healthcare that can help you with those procedures if that's what you're seeking and mm-hmm. somebody can exist as trans in any shade of that and be a trans woman and be allowed to exist as a trans person i have a lot of people who sp- who constantly speak to me because I don't have any subdermal implants. They're like, well, what are you even? Well, one, I'm a high risk surgery candidate. And two, not every person, especially in 2020 moving forward needs to look like a cisgender woman to be a trans woman. And in the past, trans people have had to really dedicate their whole life and all of their money and plus the experience of dysphoria into looking like a cisgender woman. I want to say 100% because of safety, but that is definitely a major component of it. Just how earlier when I was speaking about when I moved to Los Angeles, when I was 18, 19, did I really feel the freedom to live my highest femme fantasy with my pumps in my hair? I've been wearing makeup and hair extensions and nails since freshman year of high school, since eighth grade, just because um, I was no longer homeschooled and I realized that I lived in America and something we learned was in America, you could be whoever you wanted to be. It was extremely difficult for me, so I only expressed myself to an nth degree until I finally had the space to where I had the comfortability to see more people in my community. With that said, I got to see all of the express expressions of genders. And then, of course, I got to travel all over the United States and go to different queer and trans sanctuaries where you get to see every age, every color, every shape, every gender of trans. And it gave me this like really strong security of like, oh, I don't have to look like what I saw on Maury growing up to be a trans woman. I don't have to look like what I see in early 2000s porn of trans women. I can actually be my own interpretation of trans women. And when I'm and we're talking about the time and to bring it back to the timeline of transitioning, it's just like a lifelong thing of balancing beauty and age with the hormones that you're born with versus the hormones that you're taking if that's a route that you go, plus the age of your implants and plastic surgery. So when you're say you're speaking to a trans person or a trans woman who has body work done, she might have to do it a couple more times in her life because 
implants have shelf lives. And those are really big decisions for a trans person or a trans woman to decide for themselves. Okay, am I going to spend $10,000 on a 20-year boob job that's going to have to be switched out? And am I going to have that money in 20 years to get them lifted and flipped? I don't know. Big, huge questions. So the transition period is broad and very different for each and every single trans woman. Yeah, I think that's a I think that's a good point and it's an important point, especially I, I especially like the part about um the different uh walks of life that the women come from, from what we would consider, as you said, a, a cross dresser all the way to your porn star looking person and that these people can be in all stages of transition. And I think that's important for the guys to remember that uh just because somebody doesn't look like you think that they would doesn't mean that they are any less trans. Absolutely. And to second guess someone's trans identity is a new trauma for that trans person, to be quite frank. You know, especially somebody who you see a picture of someone and you're like, oh, my God, that person is a six. And Mm -hmm. they are feeling like the picture that they sent you was a Mm 9.5. So when you send them a message back like, oh, you're not trans, you're a Mm cross-dresser for a trans person to like, hear that now that's just over the internet imagine what that person might have said to her face and yeah. what the rest of her night might have been so yeah and i I, uh, mind. I think that is important to keep in mind and it's also a, i think one of the one of the big misconceptions especially for uh males is mm-hmm. is that there, there there there's this thought of Gosh, if I see a trans person, you know, it's almost like I have to fuck them. And the answer is no, you don't have to. You not only do you not have to fuck them or try to fuck them or try to woo them, but you don't even have to be attracted to them. And what I mean by that is that you don't have to try to push them to fit your standards. Where Of beauty. Should, I see where you're going with that. Right. You should yeah. be more open to this person is trans and maybe somebody else finds this extremely attractive. You know, we have a discord that I made before I made the, I made the discord before I made the podcast. So the discord is sort of the old wild west version of the trans talk for men space. And that when I made it, I made it for a place where I wanted to find a community. And the only way I knew how to find a community was through pornography. So pornography Mm -hmm. is, uh, a big part of that discord server but mm-hmm. it, it, it is amazing that through all of our members occasionally people will post pics of three or four trans girls you know in a row and they'll say which one do you prefer and each one of our guys prefers a different girl and each one for a different reason so that's to say that there is no one standard. There is no... Of beauty, absolutely. Right, right. And that's sort of what I was getting to, which is... So, guys, you don't have to want to fuck these girls to acknowledge For them that to be allowed women. to exist. Right, and acknowledge that they're women. And that's what I'm, that's what I'm exactly. getting to. Exactly. You, you don't have to be beautiful to be a woman. You shouldn't step on them. You shouldn't be like, that's a cross-dresser. That's a dude. Just because you wouldn't fuck them doesn't mean that that's an okay thing to do and, and that's just... also if you consider yourself a trans amour if you consider yourself to even value trans people enough to hope that they are allowed to exist in the world 
the woman that you are attracted to most likely came from that person that you are disgusted by that you now need to audibly share your opinion about that nobody asked for. So (laughs) when that person hears you say those things, maybe they never make it to that beautiful post-op beauty that gets to live this beautiful fantasy where strangers are catcalling her instead of just screaming violence, violent things at them. Well, I think like, that's a, it I think hurts, that's a good point. Yeah, it hurts future beauty from evolving. Mm-hmm. I would say, um, I would say definitely from my perspective, whenever I come across trans people, because I work security at a nightclub, so that's typically where I come across a lot of trans women. Mm-hmm. But um, and I think the angle that I always take is I know that this is a very vulnerable section, like part of the population. Mm -hmm. So I do everything I can to like, just like make sure that they're having a good time, protect. And I think that's something that every guy can do. Like if you are attracted to to these women, you know, do your part to protect them, you know, Uh, treat them super nice. Like, I mean, just do everything you can to just not make their day shitty. Like you may not be attracted to her, but you can still treat her like a regular human fucking, like fucking human being and like just be cool. Like, I, I, every person I see at the club, like, I talk to them, like, oh my God, you look so great. Like, hey, please mm-hmm. come on by. And if you ever have any problems, if anybody's messing with you, anybody says anything to you at the club, come get me. We are here to protect your night and your experience. You know, like, I just think we can do our part to make them feel a lot more safe in public. Um, I, it, it just Work. takes all of us actually just doing it. Instead of standing by and not saying anything and just watching terrible things happen to people. Sorry to interject. No, you're, you're, you're not in I love it. I just yeah. killed the conversation. Well, I was, <laughs> not at all. You know, I'm thinking, I'm, I'm thinking as you're talking, Chris, and I'm in, from my viewpoint, it really is on the job of men to step up and... I'm going to say protect, but what I mean by that is like step up and be a force of like, hey, everything's cool because because men in the society have the power to diffuse situations like that. And I don't mean protect as in they're helpless. Of course, trans people are not helpless. They're some of the fucking fiercest people I've ever met. Um, That's true. I wouldn't want to fucking transition. Are you kidding me? I don't want to go out of my house without my beard and... <laughs> Sometimes I leave it in the glove box and I can't leave the house. Um, it is a big decision, honey. And when you're ready to make it, I am here for you. <laughs> Thank you. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, men can diffuse a lot of those situations as the... Uh, how to put this without putting my foot in my mouth. I'm not going to. I'm just going to put my foot in my mouth. As the more prominent sex in society, as the one with more of the power in society, I think it's our job to say hey fuck off leave this person alone they are here having fun valid they can be here all that shit i agree with you that it is the responsibility of men to educate men and it's not the responsibility of trans people to educate cisgender men Mm -hmm. just as is it's not the responsibility of people of color to educate white people about aggressive ignorant language and behavior so i definitely want to hold space for that and say Mm -hmm. that totally fucking rocks and like seeing how you can make change within your own community is all anyone can ask ever about any sort of social change. 
So, oh yeah, I mean, that's great. I, I agree. And on that topic, real quick, uh, real quick, Chris, I have a question for you. As a white guy, why do blue lives matter? <laughs> they don't Triggered. because blue lives aren't a real thing. So there you go. I'm <laughs> just fucking. Also, you know, I'm fucking... not a uh, ethnicity or color. And thought, as a white was... person. I thought it was Chris's job to teach me. God, I'm messed up. (laughs) Dang it. Well, from one white person to another white person, blue lives sign up for it. Yeah, I know. And black lives do not. not Just in case for anyone who's listening. I will say (laughs) I did apply. I did actually apply to, um, and I know you're familiar with this place. Mm -hmm. Um, I did apply to be an Atlanta police officer once upon a time. So I was working in news out Mm -hmm. there and was absolutely fed up with the operation that I was at and, mm-hmm. and I was just looking for a new career path. Actually went to like the informal application, like their hiring event mm-hmm. for the police department. Yeah. And actually I was rejected. So they didn't, they rejected me at the first event. Cause I had a, uh, I had uh resisting arrest charges <laughs> from 2002 that were dismissed oh, the charge like the case was thrown out mm-hmm. but the fact that the allegation was made by an officer made me tainted while people without a college degree and people with drug charges on their record were just fine to be police officers hmm. well sure because like, you huh. did something against the boys club but i mean yeah. if it if it counts well, for hey, anything i just I think didn't you want another underage ticket i was afraid of my mom finding out i was drinking because you know she's a christian dragon lady and drinking is a no-no for the evangelicals well, unless it's the blood of jesus <laughs> unless it's <laughs> unless it's the blood of jesus and it has um some alcohol in it you got to learn how yeah, to speak right. tongues somehow <laughs> that's right that's right all right moving moving right along super super clean cut right there cat why did you jump on my desk um <laughs> that's what that bang was all of a sudden cat on my desk um all right so uh many i want to ask you about your uh events or parties or however Great. you prefer to call them um so we actually touched on this pretty much right at the beginning but i want to hit it again a little harder which is are your events unique to denver i would definitely say that my events are unique to any city actually I looked at some of the other events that your podcast has covered, and I also Mm -hmm. have been to lots of trans events that are kind of similar model to my party, Mm -hmm. but it always, not unlike this podcast, extremely caters to men and Mm. has a, um, and so is the setting of the experience. For instance, parties that I've been to have been strippers, porn playing, um, basically hypersexualized space from the moment you walk through the door. And usually really, really dark, not a lot of amenities, meaning access to water, multiple bathrooms, that's a social space to meet other girls, which is the reason why I went. I was new to New York. Um, I had lived in LA for six years, so I, I knew, okay, what can I do? Let's go to a really specific space just for me. Maybe I can meet some girlfriends, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And then you go and you're like, oh, this is like a fetish fest, which Mm. isn't not, it's not a bad thing. It's just because I'm a very sex positive person. I'm very inclusive, but I could see how someone who's younger or different, definitely any trans person under the age of 25, um, how they would be extremely put off by those scenarios because they are so hypersexualized. 
So basically, I started a party of my own where it was free for trans people, and I limit single male tickets to 25, and I let unlimited couples come. So if we're sold out of single male tickets and you come with a lady, you can come. That way, all the men have a chaperone. And the whole point <laughs> is to like... <laughs> well, I, I, see, I see what you did there, yes. and I'm going to leave it alone. Okay, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and... Uh, also, I, in addition to providing a free space for trans people, I charge an exclusive price for men, whether it's $50 or $150, depending on the venue and space and how many people I have. Bigger parties, bigger venues, higher price, smaller parties, smaller venue, littler price. Mm-hmm. And the whole point is to, um, it's modeled after a social program that I benefited from growing up in Colorado. Okay. They had like a weekly three hour trans queer kind of mental health circle for teens. And the reason that brought me out every time was they had a fuck ton of food. Oh yeah. People are hungry. Oh, I, I they want a pizza party. Food. They want a Mountain Dew. So what I do at my parties is I just like pack it full of snacks and food and Girls come for free, and the money from the guys goes to a top-shelf open bar, complimentary cannabis because we're in Colorado, and all the food and um, accoutrements of the evening, for those who parlez français. Say, you're, you're real French. <laughs> um, that's like the fourth French word. Uh, <laughs> real um, fucking French. So you give out yeah. cheese is what you're saying. It's I start and end with cheese. That's how okay. you throw yeah. a great party. I, Everybody I knows. Mm-hmm. Um, so the first, uh, the fundamental space, the fundamental message of the space is the main space is strictly platonic. So you can present however you'd like on any kind of level of semi-undress, but sex positive spaces are reserved for, are reserved for, um, you know, more private areas so that people can feel comfortable not being hit on or, um, what's the word? Preyed upon. There we go. Mm -hmm. By men, because a lot of trans people aren't straight and are not attracted to masculinity, believe it or not. Oh, I, I, I believe it. Yeah. Um, so to provide a really femme-heavy space where trans people can meet other trans people and then also open the privilege to cisgender heterosexual men to see that magic unfold before their eyes, there's value there because mm-hmm. there isn't sex-positive spaces for trans people anywhere in this country that are geared towards actual trans people made for us. There are LGBTQIA+. There are swingers events. There are drag events, but as far as being a truly trans space that like this is owned and operated by trans people, started by trans people, door person is trans person, bartender is trans person, security is trans people, all of it. So to put your money where, the, where your mouth is, that's very rare in America. And what makes my party singularly unique in comparison to other trans events in uh, America. Cool. Long story long. Yeah, I want to ask no about the... Slides. Um, I want to ask about the, uh, you said sex positive or what was it? Sex? Did you say sex? Strictly platonic and sex positive. Strictly platonic and sex positive. Can you go into that a little bit more? Like what, what, what are those? Like, what is, what is the differential in those spaces? Awesome. So when people hear sex positive, they typically think the word orgy, you know, you're like, (laughs) ah, but really sex positive means doing whatever you want. As long as you don't negatively affect any other person. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
If I bump this table one more time, I'm just going to not flip it. I'm just going to flip it. <laughs> flip the fucking um, table. Yeah, over. six, five under these little tables. <laughs> Anywho. Um, um, so what was I saying? You were talking um, about. Oh, yeah. Uh, the platonic sex versus sex positive. Mm-hmm. So sex positive space is about being able to be nude to not mm-hmm. and not harassed to mm-hmm. exist in the body that you're born in without being heckled, stared at, inappropriately touched, grabbed, anything. That's what a sex positive space is, where you can just show up with you, with your consensual partner, whatever is communicated and consensual, and express yourself how you see fit. On the flip side of that, did you have a question about that? Oh, I I did, but it kind of ties into the whole thing, so I'm actually going to let you keep going. So the uh, platonic means, platonic means friendship only. So Mm -hmm. we remove the hypersexualized dynamic of it because that is the root of a lot of trauma for trans people is being seen as a fetish as being seen as you know a tranny or another word that I'm not going to use they rather than like this is a person who also has a beautiful body who is also a magical third gender person they're like only seeing the physical characteristics to satiate a sexual need. So mm-hmm. by creating a platonic non-sexual space for people to interact, vet each other, meet, flirt, just be like normal cisgender people, like a singles bar that just doesn't exist. And it kind of feels like what the whole point of your podcast is, is like, how can guys talk to trans girls? And I'm like, uh, yeah, that's why I throw this party. Cause there's like no normal place just to like meet that's and true. be normal. Very yeah. difficult to find. But then also like a sex pos- positive space where security and ownership can't police people expressing themselves naturally, which mm-hmm. if you go to any straight bar, there are Britney's bone and chads in the bathroom because they're getting drunk and having too much fun on a Saturday. And trans people just don't have the access to that normal sexual expression and discovery that many cisgender people do. And I wanted to kind of create that for trans women. Well, I think that's I think that's pretty rocking because, um, you know, most of the guys will say, oh, where can I go meet trans women? And mm-hmm. we're actually going to get into that question in a little bit. But it's, you know, they'll often say, like, strip clubs. And I'm like, not really. Um, I'm like, those are workers. Uh, the same way, you know, you go to Burger King to get a burger and you're not there to be like hey you guys want to watch a movie um it's like (laughs) they're there for a specific they're there for a specific reason and it's not a bad reason but people who are like oh i want to pick up uh, a girl or meet a girl or date a girl or whatever and it's like i'll go to a strip club it's like probably a bad idea and Um, you wouldn't go to your dentist and hit on her no she's a doctor honey you have no business hitting on that dentist (laughs) 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 you know you'd probably try and meet that dentist in a social setting when they're not in a work mindset. I haven't seen sure. my dentist in forever. My teeth. She misses you. Up. She told me. It's actually a guy. So. Well, maybe that's why then. Did you, did you just assume my dentist is gender? Um. Yeah, I just assumed your uh, your dental professional was a female. Doesn't I, seem like I, a I, uh, job I, I trust. I find that offensive. Um, they're actually an attack helicopter. Uh, I like it. Um, <laughs> at least you take it in stride. Um, mm-hmm. So. Uh, one of the other questions is you were talking about 
having the sex positive space and the platonic space and specifically in the sex positive space this is not a question directed at the sex positive space Mm -hmm. but it's what you touched on when you talked about it which was they can be open as long as they're not hurting anybody and not be harassed harassment is the point i wanted to get to which is what is your best piece of advice you can give guys on how to approach uh trans girls out in the daily life like they see a girl they say they're oh shit sorry cat again um (laughs) they see a girl uh whether it's 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 somewhere where you can normally approach people and they assume she's trans um or maybe it's at one of your parties and they know that she's trans how how what what is your advice for best approaching these girls because chris and i have given advice on how to do this from from a what'd you say I'm sorry, I just solved one of our technical problems. Yeah, over oh, here. We're, we're, we can do much better. He's under, he's under the desk, just dicking around with stuff. Um, <laughs> he's like not that's even. That's exactly in, what's he's, happening. He's not. Yeah, that's. Yeah. Uh huh. Um, so once again, I caught that, and I'm going to let it go. Um, <laughs> but uh, you know, Chris and I have talked about it. How how did we meet trans girls? How did we approach mm-hmm. the situation? But it's different coming from a trans girl advice to guys. So I would like to hear your thoughts on that. Cool. So I'm just going to give a little bit of a disclaimer. I am 30. I am white. I am from Colorado. I've lived in New York. I've lived in LA. I've lived in Atlanta. I've spent a lot of time in Tennessee and in the South. So this is 100% based on my personal experience. And I do not speak for every trans person in the world, though I will try and advocate for safe ways for people to communicate. Let's start there. Disclaimer completed. Okay. So you speak uh, for everybody. I got it. Yes, I speak for everybody and I have no room to wiggle on my view. None whatsoever. <laughs> no. You are set in stone. <laughs> Perfect. Um, first things first is introduce yourself. <laughs> like if you can normalize what is probably going to be an un- like kind of an awkward situation and maybe like have fun with it and just like I whenever I talk to any guy I either assume he's attracted to me or really wants to hurt me. And to me, it's hilarious. Both is like, well, because you can't tell from a distance. Maybe he's checking you out. Maybe you get closer and a glass bottle gets thrown your way. You don't know. That's Colorado, honey. Whoa. Not Los Angeles or New York, though. Hmm. They just yell at you. But but yeah, anywho, Um, introduce yourself and be nice. Yeah, just walk up to somebody and completely normalize the experience of an introduction um let's see slide up way. in there and go hey bro i'm chad bro yeah on? definitely bro a trans person and see what happens <laughs> <laughs> if you're looking for contact you might just get it hey well <laughs> you know, maybe that's what they're into um something that i so i have volunteered with uh trans mental health nonprofit and peer counseling or peer mentorship programs i've also volunteered with physical health uh, nonprofits as well for almost 10 years back starting in college. And something that gives me a lot of confidence when communicating with trans people, because I also am attracted to trans people, is to assume they're coming from a space of past trauma and assume that they may have come from a space of a new trauma today. So like you coming up to like a girl and being like, wow, you are gorgeous. Well, that person might not be seeking your validation. Mm -hmm. That person might not be able to hear the compliment that you're giving in the way that you're giving it. So 
traditional introduction types or introduction styles probably won't work. So I try and just come from a really gentle, sweet space, even if that's not necessarily how I'm feeling. Mm. If that okay, makes so a question, question about that. Mm. So I, I take what you're saying and I hear you. So how do we how do we navigate that space of potentially coming from past trauma, but still being real with our intentions without tiptoeing around things? Um, I think tiptoeing often leads to nothing good as if though see my my experience um in life in general not just with trans people but say disabled persons and stuff like that mm-hmm. is the more you tiptoe the more they feel outside absolutely so it's it's best for and i'm not saying come directly into it and being like wow your legs don't work that fucking sucks but <laughs> acknowledge <laughs> acknowledge that like um you know, I'll be like, oh, so, you know, uh, cerebral palsy or, you know, something something like that. Not, maybe not that direct, but the point is, what I'm trying to say is, and you maybe understand what I'm trying to say is, if I were to tiptoe around it and be like, hey, you're just like me, you know, you want to go out dancing or for a jog or something like that, um, it, it doesn't quite work because they feel more out as if though you're ignoring the clear, as though you're ignoring what they are. Absolutely. Mm. Something that has resonated with me that I find really cute that guys do is when they'll tell me like a personal trans experience. So like they'll introduce themselves to me and we'll talk like for a minute and then they'll say something like, yeah, my college girlfriend was trans or like, yeah, my sister's best friend was trans or they have like some sort of personal experience Mm. that brings it up without Um, identifying me or necessarily putting me at risk because you don't know who I'm with. Mm -hmm. So I might be, you know, at the mall buying makeup to you. And then, you know, you come up and you're starting to flirt with me and maybe I'm there with my family. Maybe Mm -hmm. I'm there. Maybe Mm -hmm. I'm at work and who knows, like, you know, work and family opportunities for trans people are always fluctuating and can be very temperamental. So just being conscious of ways to bring up things sweetly and discreetly without, pointing a finger or well in in my experience and from what i understand also that that telling of the trans story signals to trans people that they are safe in the presence of this person absolutely and while you're at it just get a trans flag tattoo just right on it yeah (laughs) yeah um i mean i mean i suppose that could work um sorry really need to interject here you but you know, we, we were talking in a, a past podcast uh, with his girlfriend, and she was talking about how a lot of the girls really hate guys that are first timers mm-hmm. or that don't have any experience. Is that no one like, likes to feel like they're an experiment? Oh my so god, my girlfriend says the exact is, same like, thing. The right tactic, like just to put that person at ease that they're not feeling like an experiment. Because I don't feel like in no other situation in my life have I, in talking to a, a young lady, have I ever thought like, hey. Maybe I should bring up my ex-girlfriend right away. Mm-hmm. Like, well, talking about exes is usually a bad thing. Also, well, but also on the other side of that, like when you're in, say, high school or college, you don't want to tell the cisgender girl that you're a virgin. You don't want to tell her it's your first time mm-hmm. because it's a point of embarrassment. Whereas mm-hmm. when I'm with trans girls, it's like the first thing guys bring up constantly as if it's some sort of like fetish and Mm -hmm. hey 
I won't speak for every trans girl out there. I have fucked some problematic men that I have no business ever getting in contact with again because they were, you know, really, really handsome. And I really needed that in that moment that I needed to be seen as beautiful by someone who I considered beautiful. I think that's trans and cis women do that all the time. My sisters have a line of dudes that they should never have gotten with. No. Like, what the fuck were you thinking? And, you know, <laughs> sometimes dick to bomb. She'll get you. And once you're, once that's <laughs> broken and you realize mm-hmm. the quality of person that you're with. Anywho, I'm digressing just a little bit. No, you're fine. Oh, no, but, no. Um, the first timers are like the super the DL chicks, guys so. or you know, won't send a face pic sort of gentleman. Um, None of that makes a trans person inspired to see you again. And Mm. also it doesn't, for me, when somebody says it's their first time, I think, oh no, they're going to have really (laughs) problematic language. So like, Uh, or if we go on a date Uh and even though that they want to be visible, they want to come, yes, yes, yes. I want to take you out. Let's go get drinks. If there's any sort of conflict that will inevitably happen, mm-hmm. how they respond to it is going to be completely based on their experience. So when I hear somebody saying, oh, I'm, it's my first time, I'm like, well, someone's going to come for me at the club or someone's going to say something sideways to me and I'm going to have to stop and stand up and say, you need to change your language. It's 2020. Mm-hmm. And if how are you going to respond to that as your first time? And even me taking the time to think, oh, my gosh, how's this guy going to respond on my first date? With the first? Nope. <laughs> mm. I want to. Yes, it's not even worth. Have you ever had exploring that with like uh, tons. a past boyfriend? Like somebody just didn't stand up for you. They just kind of fell to the background when there was conflict. Yes. Okay. It happened today with my current primary partner when we were at the mall shopping. Oh. Hmm. Yeah, I was I was heckled by an older black man, and I raised my voice to him in an empty, yeah. echoing mall, and I said, "It is. T- we are holding hand. My That's primary partner." Um, we were actually out in Aurora shopping at oh. Rainbow because I'm really oh. into bodysuits, obviously. And um, yeah, so I was just basically, I'm 6'5", so I'm definitely no petite waif of a human. And yeah, he just clocked me and was laughing at me. And I was like, it is 2020. You need to, and I, obviously I raised my voice. I wasn't being as demure as I am now. Mm-hmm. You know, you need to change the way you think, old man. It's the future. Hmm. And that's kind of like the one thing I say is it's 2020. It's the future. I'm allowed to exist. Mm-hmm. I'm allowed to exist. And just yelling it at him and mm-hmm. just be like, I know that's really intense for me right now. And my partner wilted. Hmm. <laughs> it's his first time being in a relationship with a trans person. It's mm-hmm. his first time being in a real relationship at all. And um, I va- he is such a quality person and I love spending tons of time with him and he is a huge true advocate for trans people mm-hmm. he he's incredible he has all he's doing all the right stuff but in that moment of conflict he melted away and then we had a conversation and he said he suggested to me well you should have just ignored them we should have just ignored them and not let them affect our day because that's what they want and i said to him silence is violence And if I don't stand up in this moment and use my size privilege and my voice and my presence to identify this um, hateful, violent behavior right happening in the middle of the day on a Tuesday, then he's going to continue to do that maybe with a smaller trans person who might truly be affected by it. So really navigating that conversation with a quote unquote first timer and how they would, I don't need anyone to stand up next to me, stand up for me. 
but I definitely don't need someone to tell me to just brush it off because that's not how we create safety for other people. So, um, you know, in a previous podcast, we talked about toxic masculinity and Mm -hmm. if that kind of attitude or personality was attractive to trans women. Uh So, I mean, you know, somebody that is hyper masculine on the other end would probably charge Mm -hmm. that dude up and, you know, put hands on him. And it's just like, I mean, is that is that going over the top here? If he were to just completely flip out and, you know, grab that guy by the shirt, like would that like would that be a turnoff to you? And would that would you be like, okay, this guy is too aggro, I'm done. Mm-hmm. I would actually be very shocked to even meet a man who would be so aggro, so so aggressive to defend a trans person. Mm-hmm. I obviously am not going to encourage violence of any type. But I will see a big beefy man defending a trans person needs to be shot and go viral on cell phone <laughs> footage, especially after what has been happening recently in the yeah. other direction. Yeah. And yeah. I'm not going to say no to loudly and physically stand up for a trans person. I think that men need to be scared of being hurt when they are violent towards people that don't look like them, especially mm-hmm. towards women and especially towards trans people. And especially, um, yeah, I guess. Are you seeing, because you work with younger people right now, are you I seeing do. any change in attitudes from the cis hetero men that are like growing up in the age where they're taught about bullying and being introduced to a lot of these ideas? Like, because I mean, I'm 36. Mm-hmm. I graduated high school in 2001. Mm-hmm. Uh, trans was not anything we learned about in school. Totally. Wasn't it, even a topic. Like, I had one gay kid in my whole grade. Like, the it just kid. wasn't a thing Same. Then. So it was just you like. You were the gay kid. I know. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> they actually didn't even call me gay. They, like, called me a woman and wouldn't let me, like, change in the locker rooms or use the bathrooms or anything. And I think oh, that's, like, the I... biggest thing is, like, there's a trans bathroom. <laughs> In middle schools and in high schools, in my school district, where I was the only gay kid when I was 14 with my hair extensions and my full face of glitter makeup, you know, like even just having a bathroom for a third gender person or a non-binary person or a not cisgender person, mm-hmm. so that right there bathroom. is exactly. Yes. I mean, unisex is fine, but an all gender restroom is something right, you're, that, you're I, that I'm seeing exclusively. Yes, I'm seeing just like creating an all gender re- or creating accessibility with the verbiage around mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. is creating more normalcy mm-hmm. for the the everyday kid, like growing up in suburban Colorado, for instance. And I just bring that back to trans kids being in the middle school of the school district that I started the first gay straight alliance in when I was in high school. Uh-oh. So they had no gay straight alliances in any of the schools. And now there's like a bathroom, a trans bathroom in the middle school. So cool. even in just like 10 years, the evolution of culture is rampant, especially mm-hmm. with the internet, especially with today's mm-hmm. media, trans people being hired. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's good. We have, and also like, RuPaul's Drag Race obviously is like a super huge fan favorite for all young kids because mm-hmm. it's glittery, glittery and sparkly, high kicks and backflips, flames, the works, and it has every single gender and every single shape and color too. So we now, didn't RuPaul, have that when we were younger. RuPaul has been around for a while. It's just what what has really been uh, of note to me lately was, mm-hmm. um, and I, I guess it's I don't know if it's weird, whatever. It's Laverne Cox on Orange Is the New Black. Mm-hmm. Like before her. 
You didn't see anybody openly trans on the red carpet at the Emmys. Absolutely. Getting interviews, mm-hmm. getting extra endorsements on top of their shows. And in Orange and is the New Black, they gave that poor girl a hard front. Did not even give her a lace front. I'm talking oh, like a hard front <laughs> hair hat. I know. It, that, took, it took me a minute too, no, Chris. I was like hat, hard front. They showed her natural hair eventually, didn't they? Um, well, in like, the flashbacks and nap, stuff. Up and, yeah. And, and when they, they took she, away her yeah. hormones for the... Yes, yes. They did show her real hair. I am in the last season and she looks St- so I haven't good. seen the... Okay, I haven't seen... Don't, I'm just no saying her, her hair is done all the way to hell up. Oh, That's I don't watch it that should show. Be. You uh, should. If you like the ladies... No, it's definitely worth the watch. If you like Orange is the New Black, just very quickly, recommendation, watch Wentworth. It's I an can... Australian version yeah, of it. Yeah, I heard it was good. Very okay. good. I love me good. a good Aussie story. Yeah. Hey, sorry that derailed I've our been, conversation. I'm, we it's all over the yeah, I tried. Our conversation is just everywhere today. Sorry no, it's fine. This, Audience. Is a, this is a great conversation. They'll love <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah. They'll eat so, this um, shit up. They fucking better. Oh, actually... uh. Hey, Eric, you cool if, um, uh, if we jump, skip ahead uh, a couple questions here? No. Yeah, <laughs> well, what I, what I wanted to get into, um, and we talked about this very briefly before we started here, was the, uh, I guess, the, the landscape of the adult film industry. And um, I know I wanted to hit this topic while we still had you here. Um, you were telling me earlier that you had you, you gotten offers to do porn at Absol- one time. Oh, absolutely. I so, think once you get over a few hundred followers on any particular social media platform, you mm-hmm. start getting contacted. Okay. Why the fuck haven't we been Could contacted? You, I mean, do you feel comfortable <laughs> saying which companies you have heard of? From? You don't have to say them all, just like um, companies like this and that. Like, Have you been contacted by a groovy photographer before? I definitely probably shouldn't disclose the details if we're going to discuss the political side no, no, of things as to why yes I haven't no. done it. A simple yes or no? Yes. All I have right. been contacted by popular... Um, content providers, content okay. creators, yes, mm-hmm. and they don't want to pay trans people fairly. So let's start. Fair let's just start there. So then, you know, and and that goes to what we were, and Eric and I were having a conversation uh, again, another conversation on a past, mm-hmm. past podcast about this emergence of like a freelance culture, mm-hmm. where like a lot of girls are moving That's away key. from groovy mm-hmm. uh, trans angels, mm-hmm. uh, trans five hundred, with all, all yeah. the other larger sites and they're just going to OnlyFans and many vids mm-hmm. and you know they're doing the the cams and they're mm-hmm. doing the premium snapchats they're smart it's just like is that is that it's, way is that a lot more lucrative than doing the larger uh something labels? something that i talk about a lot is we live in a capitalist country so mm. you have to vote with your dollar mm. our elections are rigged we don't know what works what what is an electoral college i don't know Long story super, super short is every time we spend a dollar, we're voting for that person. And if we are downloading large produced production content, you don't know where your money is going. Mm. So you don't know how much that actress is making, if she's even making residuals, or if she even wanted to have that encounter to begin with. When you're working with a production company, it's quite typical that you don't really have a say in your casting or necessarily what you do. So, so you can't bring your boyfriend with you. It's like, I would like to work with him. That is not typically a first-time offer uh, option. Okay. They typically have a preset idea of how they see you and how you'd be best make their company money and okay. how they'd want to feature you based on what you physically, visually have to offer. Yeah, they kind of categorize you depending on 
So as like, for for example, probably for yourself, Maddie, as mm-hmm. being a taller girl, you probably, they probably would say like, oh, you're going to fuck this guy as opposed to yes. the other way around. I'm definitely branded as like a uh, dom, dominatrix. Mm-hmm. 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 Whether, whether that be true or not, it's that visual branding. And that's the first thing. Exactly. And then they'd pair me with someone said. who's like five, four, five, six. Yeah. You know, just to give you that big and little dynamic. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's one side. If we're talking about voting with our dollar, did I press something? No, no, you can keep going. Okay, cool. Um, if I'm talking, I just lost him in my head. Yeah. Um, if I'm talking about the many vids and OnlyFans, you know that 100% of the money is going directly to the entertainer. And you also know that this entertainer got to choose their partner. So when you're selecting and setting up your own production, and this just comes from my production background working in LA and kind of just seeing how it's all put together with sound, lighting, video, staging. It's kind of like a simple format, not super rocket science to set up. Mm -hmm. And once you've worked with porn production companies, you're like, oh, all I had to do was rent an Airbnb with a pool. And and have an iPhone 10. That's crazy. That's all I have to do. <laughs> okay, I gotta stop you right. I gotta stop you the right there, Maddie. Videos, man. I was I gonna say, say Airbnb. Shit. Chris, Chris <laughs> just brought it. Chris just brought it up. As yeah. connoisseurs of porn, Chris yes. and I are the sirs of porn. Yes. Yeah. There of. are no extra pools. There, there is one fucking pool, and mm-hmm. it is never used. Nobody yeah. ever goes in it, with the exception no. of one fucking video. Well, that's because they're not filming with yeah. Me. All the groovy videos, they're at the same backyard. It's a little pool, and they're right there. The girl is right next to it at the same shot. Like they, I'm just saying, they, they get go in the pool. The exact same shots. It's crazy. Get well, in the pool. To, to me, it sounds like that the director owns that property and was get trying to pool. save money. Yeah. Or pay for that property by shooting videos there. Mm. Be like, oh shoot, I need to pay this mortgage. Oh, let's just film porn here, I guess. Does it ruin the fucking water to get in the pool? Maybe he yeah. can't afford to clean it. How much yeah, are those well, girls making? They'll tell you. Look blue. It, it's like a green tint. It's not well, if you, clean. If you hit me up with, uh, if you get us in contact with some of those girls, we will ask them why they never get in the pool. Perfect. <laughs> I want to know why they never get in the pool. From this is, I know What's this is, I know this is a very man centric thing, mm-hmm. but for my viewing pleasure, get in the fucking pool. I mean, I'm not going to say no to wet bodies on a hot day ever. See, there, there we go. go. At I'll least I got it. a little. At least I got a little backup there. Okay, yeah. carry carry on. That's why, that's why she throws the pool parties. That's I right. do that's throw right. pool parties. Yeah, no, Chris I was went at the to last one. one. It was bomb as fuck. I loved it. We did have a really it cute, was, it was cute day. Awesome. Yes. Yeah. Um. Yeah, no, it was definitely the shit. So, wanna just lightly dive into the dating world mm-hmm. and. I know you're seeing somebody right now, but you've been in this dating world recently in the new age of apps and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So we I do, do have a new know, primary like, partner. What's up? I do have a new primary partner. Yes. Now you keep saying yeah. primary. I want to, I want to touch on that real quick. Um, mm-hmm. Do you have secondary and tertiary partners? Not yet, but we are in a poly open relationship Okay. because right. he, I, we both identify as pansexual, okay. which means obviously all of our tastes cannot be encapsulated in one single body. Okay. That's uh, that's mm-hmm. totally fine. I just wanted to touch on that for the guys listening. I assumed that was the case. However, yeah. and I'm, I'm, I've definitely run into uh, you know, couples like at our parties that have exact same. 
Mm. know, they definitely have open relationships. So, well, I mean, I think that's pretty dope. Something that you're like free enough and you mm-hmm. have enough confidence, mm-hmm. right? Because I mean, a lot of people with low, you know, they just don't have a lot of confidence. They, oh well, he's gonna cheat on me. They're gonna leave me if they get too happy with this <laughs> other person. And you know, that's a lot yes. of stuff that you. Run we have into those discussions, uh, especially. Okay. Um, an open relationship needs frequent check-ins mm. and clarifications and details shared to keep it strong. Okay. Mm-hmm. Is your but, open relationship a triad or is it built on a fulcrum? A fulcrum? Mm-hmm. Is that like two people? I'm no. sorry. I got a GED, so <laughs> I'm going to have to Google that one. <laughs> uh, yeah. From what I understand about the, um, about uh, poly relationships is there are two main for, uh, two, forms, yeah. which is a uh, triad or, like a square formation where everybody's interconnected with everybody else. And then there's what I understand is what's known as a fulcrum where there's Mm -hmm. one key person. So in your relationship, if you were the fulcrum, fulcrum. I would say you would date your primary person, but you would also date another person who has no contact with your primary. Yeah. That's what we do. Okay. Fulcrum. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We definitely do fulcrum. That's Mm. cool. I didn't know that had a specific term. At least that's what I've read. But only because we're having discussions around, uh, jealousy versus versus compersion. When you're feeling those emotions of jealousy, you're um, the FOMO, the fear of missing out, the I wish I could have that too. But compersion is seeing somebody that you love and care about who is experiencing joy without you and being so happy that this person you care about is having a great experience. And it doesn't matter that it's not with you because you care about this mm. person. And obviously if you love someone and care about someone, you want them to have really incredible, amazing experiences. And unfortunately, honey, that's not always going to come from you. Ooh. And that's the magic of openness. Love, I've heard if you love them, you set them free. <laughs> My partner loves to give me those. They says fortune cookies. <laughs> I love that. He just fills me. I'm like, don't tell me that in this moment. That's what, that's, that's what they did. That's what they did in Free Willy. They freed him. He's like, I yeah. love you, Willy. And your whale penis. And your oh. whale penis. <laughs> That's all I think about. I'm pretty sure that was part of the Jackson. movie. Pretty sure it was. <laughs> That's the only <laughs> plot point. <laughs> whale oh, dog. Man. I can't believe that was actually a hit movie one, at one point. I can't like, believe they made like four it. of them. Oh, they yeah. They made four? so yeah. fucking many of them. I know there I was only a saw second the one that one. nobody saw. But well, you know. I mean... How else was SeaWorld going to make any money? Yeah, there you go. Jeez. Talk about a pool that they film at over and over again. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> get out of that. Well, at that, that point in time, I'm like, get really, out of that, get out of that pool. pool. Yeah. Get out of the pool. <laughs> now get some trans chicks in the pool and get the whales out of the pool. There we go. There we there go. go. That's, that's, that is, no, that is drawn in the sand. That is the mm-hmm. line. So, um, the, I'm sorry, back to the dating world yeah totally very, and I, very quickly i, I really want to know what dating apps like you really that work the most mm-hmm. for you and which ones you just hate it so i'm gonna tell everybody out there and let's bring it on back to that voting with your dollar mm-hmm. grinder is owned by a chinese company and they have lots of transphobic company policies and they specifically target trans people even though they advertise and changed the interface of their app to look more trans inclusive, mm-hmm. they in fact are not. So that's kind of a catch 22 sort of scenario, even though Grinder is the most local, quickest, easiest, kind of that like instant 
Craigslist style casual encounters, sex magic that we're missing after the Sosta Fosta acts. Grinder's a great immediate access to trans people. Well, that's where I met you. Oh, so, was on, well, we I use Grinder to promote my events because yeah. everyone's like, where do I meet trans girls? Yeah. And I'm like, same. <laughs> You're like, I have no um, fucking idea. That's no, me yeah. and same. Like, You're just like, I, I don't know. Title. I'm looking too. That's why I'm yeah, on Grinder. <laughs> exactly. Maddie's job title was club owner. And I'm like, oh, well, she's trans and she owns a club. I need to check this place out. I'm like, where's the club? Like, where do I go? Exactly. And I ended up going to your uh, Pride Weekend event. Uh, that was my first event of yours that I went to. It was a Pride Weekend. Oh, awesome. At the warehouse space? Yeah. Yeah. yeah that yeah. was a really good So I know event. we've moved on from there. And actually, the last venue uh, really worked out as well. Mm-hmm. And the party was super fucking dope. Yeah. yeah like, no, I met you on Grinder, But I've been... Mm-hmm. Dopest. I've been exploring outside of Grinder. That was just one of the apps that I was using. But... Uh, yeah. Grinder is the best as far as, like, meeting people immediately. Uh, okay. But it's not the most respectful in communication. No. So people are very cut, too. I really enjoy FetLife. Okay. You see people's profiles. You see people's pictures. You mm-hmm. see people's friends. It has that kind of that... FetLife is a website that has the interface of Facebook 2002. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it's, it's where you like find a lot of fetish or yeah, sex like, party stuff. Yeah, it's like fetish like you inclined. Find out where the sex parties are at, or if you want to. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, please. No, it's okay. I'm such a noob at it. Um, they advertise a lot of sex positive spaces and fetish events, of course. Mm-hmm. And something that trans people don't always realize is that if you self identify as a cross dresser or you're not a full time trans person, or, and I don't like to use this term but because it's misogynistic and oppressive, but if you don't consider yourself passable, then finding solace and community in a fetish space is a great first step because it's typically live and let live. It's typically a non-judgment space. And most importantly, it's a sex, uh, sexual health positive space. So people are talking about taking care of your body getting tested, normalizing the process of a human body, which a lot of other spaces shame. Mm -hmm. So that's what I love about um, maybe fetish websites is just the sex positivity and communication around sexual health dynamic rather than the hypersexualization of trans people. Um, Let me think of other things. Why are you thinking of that? Actually, um, at your event, Mm -hmm. I met a couple Mm -hmm. uh, trans with a heterosexual male that that found you on FetLife. Awesome. So they said that's like actually how they found out about the, your event. The event, uh, yes. Your Friday one, mm-hmm. the one this past Friday and the pool party afterwards. Mm-hmm. Like, So I mean, I mean, people are finding you on there, so well, there are, that's the out there. Tr- that's the tricky part about throwing any sort of trans event is lots of companies and nonprofits and bars even want to facilitate and host our events, but they're very neutered. Mm. They're very like pizza parties and you know like not or like a weird happy hour in the basement like it's not a future or a proud moment for them it's like they're doing us a favor when in fact we're a massive demographic with a huge budget (laughs) i will say that the nightclub that i work at did something kind of like that on um I think it was a Saturday night mm-hmm. uh, of Pride Weekend, mm-hmm. but it was like a pansexual party, and 
like, but it was in like our side room club. Mm-hmm. Like, it wasn't in the main hall. Mm-hmm. The side room club was there, and like we we noticed that. Yeah, so I mean, they were there, but it not that many people showed out to it. Like, the club was going on, but there was no like big banner saying, "Hey, here's this big pansexual." Like everybody mm-hmm. else that was in the club, they didn't know what was happening in there, and then the people yeah. that came there for it knew. They had the right wristbands and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Obviously, all the staff we knew, and we were you definitely on like right terms to say and all that stuff. But it was just like it was kind of off to the mm-hmm. side. A pretty good rule of thumb is you need to hire the demographic that you're trying to attract. Mm. So okay. whether you're a white man that owns a hip hop club, mm-hmm. or a gay man that is trying to have a trans night, or even a straight person trying to have a trans night, if you don't have your demographic promoting, working at the door, the first face you see, the face you see at the bar, the face you see on the stage, the face you see on the flyer, Mm. all these different faces, that foundation of um, hiring intentionally is what creates the invite and the circle of friends to bring people there. If you're like, hey, we're just going to create this safe space to be, well, trans people think, okay, where is it? How much is it going to cost me to get in? When I get there, am I going to pay for alcohol? And then I'm going to tip this person. Where is all of my hard-earned money going? And how am I giving back to my community by shopping intentionally or partying intentionally or however you want to say? So, I can yeah. attest to everybody. That's how our events are. I met uh, Desiree at the Desi. front door. Yeah, This is the first person I met when I came up to her, uh, the first event I went to. And this one, and the last one as well. But like, yeah, she does. It's exactly how all of her events work. You know, it's all trans people working every, every post. So, well, because she is practicing what she preaches, folks. That's night, what I'm saying. Nightlife creates tangible income, and you can have a social enterprise that directly impacts your community while creating a commerce and income. We're gonna go out and be the one trans person at a straight bar or gay bar or park or whatever, mm-hmm. whether or not we have our own bar or not. If we have our own space to be, then we can be the 50. Like I had every single one of my parties, I have over 50 girls. Mm-hmm. I think I sent out 82 confirmations for the last party, and like 20 of them were men. Mm. <laughs> so, like, it was just. So guys, There's a real community, even in Colorado. New York. <laughs> come to Denver and New York to go to one of our events. You have great odds. Well, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes, you do have great odds. And part of that is limiting single male ticket price. Mm-hmm. Another thing is raising the price. I also do... It's worth it. Well, I also offer free entry for men who want to stay from for the last hour and clean. So if you don't mm-hmm. come from privilege, if you don't have the resources that maybe... A traditionally that's, that's smart mm-hmm. thinking well yes and it also you're giving a physical um contribution to the space a mm-hmm. uh, growth through service you're actually giving to the community by picking up trash and saving me who does it myself because the all these uh, venues are booked under my name so by you showing up for me in a way that's really profound i also have an opportunity to show up for you and yeah, and that's that's I that's think better that's, than paying money, in my opinion. Well, I, I mean, really dope. it's it's really cool that you give that opportunity to the guys that because there are guys, you know, I I live out in the woods in Portage, and mm-hmm. I am in a relationship and a committed relationship, mm-hmm. um, a committed monogamous relationship. But you mm-hmm. know, say I wasn't, and I mm-hmm. fucking live in the woods, and I barely make dick all for money. 
Agreed. And I came, and I'd be like, and you were like, oh, it's 150 bucks. I'd be like, ha, 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 I'll see you guys later. Um, but also knowing that, like, if you wanted to come and contribute to the space by cleaning or I even, you know, if you want to bring food or drinks see, or whatever, that's what I'm, that's what I'm saying. I think that's an excellent, I think that's an excellent idea because it encourages people, like you said, who can't afford it to, mm-hmm. to come out. And there's, you know, there's a fair amount of trans attracted men out there uh, who don't make dick all for money. So, and you don't have to be rich to date a trans person, but you definitely have to respect that this trans person is going to have a very expensive life with or without you. Bunch of so, money grubbers. Well, I know. What can we say? <laughs> but so, and I won't say but, but yes, and by showing up to the space and contributing to it, especially through cleaning, A, all the fuckboys are gone. The lights are up. You get to meet the girls who are hanging out. You get to meet the staff. People see you showing up for your community. That's the guy that's going to get the girl long term. If you're really trying to date and not just trying to fuck and get your dick wet, anyone can fuck and get their dick wet. You know, like that's anyone can do that. It's 2020 almost. But if you want to meet somebody and be friends with them and fuck them more than two times, we notice when people contribute to our spaces. Now that and it's is not always about right money. There. That's a guys take note of that. Clean up. Um, <laughs> not not just your face, but clean up the floor around you. Um, well, you, you know, go. leave the space a little bit uh better than how you found it. Mm-hmm. And that's just actions and impressions on us that you'll do the same for us. And that's how I date as somebody who works hard, makes money, I date younger people. I am not afraid of a first timer. I see a first timer as somebody who needs to learn some good habits and they are very lucky that they found me so that I can teach them the truth <laughs> Ooh, and then too. send, and then send them on their way to, you know, to treat other girls with the level of respect that they deserve. Mm-hmm. So that's, you know, every trans girl is like super different depending on where they're at in their Certainly. life or transition. Certainly. So. Well, that's the same for anybody regardless well, of, well, yeah, of course of where you stand. Well, I'm not, I'm not trying to contradict you. What I'm, mm-hmm. what I'm saying is it's, it's that we often forget that that is true for everybody that we mm-hmm. say, Oh, is that only trans girls, cis girls, white girls, black girls, you know, mm-hmm. uh, whatever men it's, it's, um, it's true for everybody. And we often forget that. Yeah. Some so. people do forget that. And actually, uh, mm-hmm. just reminds me of the, of a, of a story mm-hmm. that I had to share from, um, your party. Mm-hmm. Cause you know, actually what I, I had a really good experience telling people about the podcast and just mm-hmm. talking about these kinds of issues and just talking about issues that they have with guys, cisgender, heterosexual men. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember I was talking to, um, I forget her name, but it was just one of the girls there. Mm-hmm. She wasn't one of your like employees, um, or not employees, but one of the people that works your events. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, I told her about the podcast and I told her like our mission statement, like we're trying to normalize, you know, men dating transgender women and all that stuff. And then she was just like, so, I mean, what's the podcast called? Like Chasers Anonymous. And I'm like, okay, well, I mean, I, I that sucks. Like, yeah, I that you like even three assume or four that. To you and I got, we're all chasers now. And I'm like, really? To be dude? reduced to that. Well, that, yeah, it's like, so, thanks for hearing us out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it was really, I was like, uh, but I mean, I brushed it off and just went and talked to other people. And, and that person, I was still cool with, like, I wasn't like, oh, I'm done with you forever. It was just like, 
Well, that's unfortunate, but we're going to keep the conversation rolling. And I was really trying to win her over with describing what the episodes we've done, the issues we've talked about. Mm -hmm. But, you know, this kind of does lead to another, like, topic that we have covered that is people always in this conversation space want to talk about and that is you know the subject of chasers Mm -hmm. and you know like what is a chaser like what is it what do you have to do before you catch that label like Mm -hmm. from your perspective like what do you define as somebody who's a chaser cool really quick before i answer that Mm -hmm. i just would very much like to encourage maybe anybody out there who hears um, a problematic label that they don't feel identified with This is going to sound very middle school, but when someone calls you a name, it has nothing to do with you. So when somebody calls you a chaser, the first thing I think of is like, here's this gentleman at my party speaking about a podcast authentically, communicating about uh, a space where men can learn from the voices and perspectives of um, other men attracted to trans women and trans people themselves. And for her to just straight up write you right cut you off so to speak shows me that cut you off right at the dick yeah she reminds me of the type of trans people who detest my party my Mm -hmm. all my events and think that i'm garbage and trash because i create a safe sex positive space and they decide for me and they decide for the event without even reading the website or hearing talking to anyone that it is a masculine man orgy sex den and mm-hmm. i'm like have you ever been to a college house party <laughs> like it's literally just like a big fun house party full of friends oh, with a bonfire shit. and then uh-huh. some cute rooms with rainbow lighting like it's mm-hmm. not this yep. um scenario that you really need it to be you want to dislike this so bad that you already decided so i'm hearing in your language right now that maybe that person or those people that are so quick to cut you off and give you that label it doesn't really matter what you're going to say or how you explain it. They want, they need you to be a chaser so that they can dislike you. Mm-hmm. And that has nothing to do with you. So it was good for you to just move right on because you keep talking. Now, what was weird was this person also gave me your number and was like, Hey, I bet. hit me up. Like, let's do something. And <laughs> I'm like, like how you're not phased by that. Huh? Like, oh oh yeah. no. I was like, okay. of course she did. I, I'm, I'm, I mean, I was like, yeah, sure. I mean, to be honest, I wasn't hundred percent attracted to this person, but I wasn't going to let that, uh, you know, darken the mood out there or just totally. like make anything negative. So I just like played along. Like, okay, Some yeah, of my sure. best experiences are from people that I never would have thought that I would ever be attracted to. And in other words, fucker. <laughs> in uh, other words, pay attention to those hormones. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah, I'm, I'm very much a uh, not doer because yeah. Eric gets mad at me when I'm not as uh on top of things when it comes oh to pursuing God. certain Drive ladies. me fucking crazy. He's, he's way more aggressive when it comes to that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. That's why he's got a girlfriend. Well, well damn near wife. I mean, when it, how long does it take for the government to just recognize you as a... Ten as years. As a gender? I've as got... A, as a, no, no. Ten years? As a, as so a, you got like three more until they just yeah, say, well, three, fuck it, you're married. Yep, that's right. Yep. <laughs> ten years. Although they don't do it in Michigan, so it'll actually reset oh. when we move. Oh, son of a bitch. Yep. So I, I will say that I didn't date anybody for 10 years, more than 10 years. Wow. I didn't have a primary partner and no more dating than a couple of months here and there just to feel someone out. Uh-huh. And 
I'm always attracted to the super sweet angels, mm. especially the one my current partner came to three of my parties before I super interacted with him. Mm-hmm. And he helped clean up two of the parties. It was really mm-hmm. sweet. He reached out to me and said, hey, I've come to two of your parties. I can't afford to come to the third one. Can I clean up for you? Or be on the cleaning crew. And I was like, absolutely, that's great. He was super sweet, contributing. Um, he was contributing time to the space. And then he was getting ready to leave and wasn't pressuring me in any way and had zero expectations. And that's what did it. So I oh, fucked him, and we've been together ever since. <laughs> don't, don't, don't mistake what Chris was saying for him being a sweet little angel. He's just fucking lazy. Oh, um, oh okay, okay. <laughs> so if there's a laziness component, I can speak go. to that. To get his ass up there and be like, hey, girl, Where what's up? Do? And that's when he's yeah. saying, I'm super aggressive because yeah. I will fucking yeah, text you. I won't wait in. around. Yeah. yeah. Hey, that works too. And th- that's exactly. his approach He's these days dude. too. That guy, for sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. I had to do it. I had to. Thank you. You, well, Thank you don't waste time. That's actually that's a really true. good. So, uh, you asked me tips of like how to communicate mm-hmm. with trans girls. Is like, I do just get up there. Like, mm-hmm. absolutely go meet them, talk to them, flirt with them. Sometimes you just have like a sliver of a chance to meet somebody. And mm-hmm. those are the people I've had in my life forever. Mm-hmm. Even if I met them one time in New York and now they live in Berlin, we like have these really long intentional loves that can be far apart and then be close together when they return. So, you know, for me, I think it was, uh, well, I didn't want to be that one, you know, uh, cisgender hetero guy coming to your party not knowing anybody and just hitting on everything with two legs like we had some of those and i know they show up from time to time but i didn't want to be that guy like i just wanted to be cool so every single time i go i just i i don't i play it like super platonic and i just want to get to know people and just make friends and make connections because i can always come back to another party and or i can hit them up in their dms on instagram afterwards and see what happens after that but it's just like I'm not in that mode when I'm there. I'm not mm-hmm. gonna lie. I have been like mesmerized by a girl here or there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm like, holy shit, that girl is pretty fucking hot. And I'm like, I'm not gonna stare too long, but mm-hmm. damn. And that's <laughs> another main differentiator. Is if that's a word, difference. Let's try that one. Mm-hmm. That's I like the major differentiator. Yeah, let's try that one. It sounds um, like the Terminator's like, I, I don't know, one of the one of his like sidekick. Well, yeah. not even his sidekick. Or, like one of the guys that works something? in the office. Uh, He's like, the I'm the differentiator. That's what he calls his piece. You've been denied. Yeah, I know, right? It's, you know, his like superpowers of stamp. I know. That's, that's exactly what I'm saying. It's like, not the report. <laughs> not, the, not the red ink. <laughs> uh, yes. So that's what's the big difference between my events and probably other trans events is the social part of it mm-hmm. is that you like the girls that work my events are tagged on Instagram and social media. So you can contact any of us and send us messages anytime. I have a social media network that you can follow me through um, or follow us through my Instagram and the website have links as well. And you can just join the social media app, download it right to your phone. And it's just, it's made up club is the name of the network. And you can just chat with all the people, send messages, blah, blah, blah. And yes, it's about that like friendship and, you know, just basic connection. I'm not being like, hey, this is this totally platonic space, but you know the girls are going to be back next month. Yeah. You know that the sa- like, there's a few guys that come every single month. Mm-hmm. You don't need to rush it all on this one night because 
we have social media. This is just like a safe space because Lord knows men cannot host. Uh-huh. Men do not host. They're so horrible at it. And also, we're not trying to have men all up in our house. Like, So to have a space where you can invite your cutie that you've been talking to on Grinder for six months, boys, gas pedal to the metal. Don't wait so long. Making us wait so long. Yeah, six months is like way too fucking Or much longer, some of the other boys out there, because you're so shy. Come, You know, you can come to this artisanally lit space that is respectful and not too bright. You can feel shy. You can meet other girls that probably feel just as shy as you. So, Well, I will say that is definitely a regret that I have of being 36 now. Mm -hmm. Is that, you know, it... I waited so long to fully just dive into this. Like I've been interested in trans women for a long time, Mm -hmm. a very long time, but it's just like starting to date them. I didn't start dating any of them until I was in my early thirties. You old fuck. So that was, (laughs) you know, easily 12 years of being interested in one thing, but dating another and hanging out with cis women and all that kind of Mm -hmm. stuff. And so I mean, like, if any of you guys are out there and you're young or however old you are, like, dude, just live your fucking life. Be live your life with the goal of being happy as as happy as possible because this thing ain't gonna last forever. So and don't forget like, those acts of kindness, those mm-hmm. little things like opening doors, and God forbid you pay for a meal. These are people who don't get those really normal experiences so little tiny things absolutely resonate with really specific people and if you go into that being like okay this person had a weird luck of the roll of the dice i'm gonna do little tiny actions to show this person that i see them and that i value their existence (laughs) it doesn't have to be grand it doesn't have to cost a lot of money just acts of service acts of kindness we we pick up on that mm-hmm. well that's, a, that's an interesting that's an interesting point that i've actually noticed um which is <clears throat> and i don't say this to demean anybody but it's it's sort of a if you treat this person like a person then all of a sudden it's like you're moving the fucking earth and the moon and the stars and all that shit and it's amazing mm-hmm. um and it's it's amazing in that such a small fucking give it to literally anybody gesture can mean so much to people and i think that's it's it's interesting in that it's you know it's a benefit for guys trying to date um Mm -hmm. and that it's like treat this woman like a person like a woman and it will go much farther than you think but it's also sad in that why would anybody expect anything less than human treatment something my primary partner does now but started doing that really caught my attention was he found out what type of iced tea I like from the gas station or 7-Eleven. And every time I see him, he always has one. It's such a small thing. It costs $2, but he he figured it out. He gets it for me. I can obviously afford as many iced teas as I want, but that little tiny thing, like he doesn't... I, I like to pay for meals i like to take trips and care about the people in my life Mm -hmm. and i don't expect other people to do that for me it's something i enjoy doing so for somebody to give back in a really small way to me and just see me like that is monumental so for someone else who doesn't have the resources or entrepreneurial skills that i do that little tiny thing might make the world to them like Mm. i paid 
yeah, the world. Oh, yeah. Well, I was going to say, the, the point that I hung on there was, you guys still have 7-Elevens? Dude, they're fucking everywhere. everywhere. Out here, really? They're everywhere in Colorado. They're we haven't had here, a Seven Eleven in fifteen years. Houston. You mean you Vegas. don't have forty-seven flavors of Slurpee? Oh fuck no! We've got two. <laughs> oh, they both geez. taste like tobacco. Tobacco. <laughs> Actually, Seven uh, Eleven uh, cleared out of Milwaukee too. It might be might be a Midwestern thing. If you yeah, just well, they, they the used region. to be here. I remember seeing them when I was growing up. Yeah, they and then they're fucking gone. What are they now? A come and go. Uh, no, that's in Minnesota um, in Iowa. I love Wisconsin. The, I love the come and goes. I love how they made it a KUM. So weird. As if though, like, who, come on, guys. Is if though we weren't like, is that like somebody's last name and it was just an unfortunate It was last probably name? like uh, Kruger, Umbler, and oh, yeah, Madison well, as the last names. So like, let's just put them together. Yeah, well, it's, sounds about it, right for that region. So, it's so funny because I'm like, really? I'm like, you're not fooling anybody with that fucking K. But um, <laughs> and uh, also maybe you should make your uh, gas stations a little cruisier with a little less lighting if you're going to name it that. Yeah, oh, I mean that fluorescent <laughs> lighting That's is true. unforgiving. It's true. So what you're saying is dim it down, get back to uh, yeah, maybe a little bulbs, like a lava lamp. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm saying, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I think a yellow incandescent would be fun. Um, Perfect. <laughs> but uh, no, we have speedways here. That's what we have. Oh, yeah. So, speedways. Yep. That's it. All that's all we fucking got. We got speedways and BPs, and don't go to the fucking BP. So, Mm-mm. Google it. I like some of them. No, they're just. But I'm, I'm, they're people just don't try me, so I'm They're good. just shitty stores around here. Our speedways are so much better. Yeah. So we're talking about gas stations. Like we sure I are. Just, right, I just like want to point out that's where we've gone. Welcome back to American Gas Stations. <laughs> <laughs> After this is uh, it's the Chick Fil A podcast. Um, oh geez, <laughs> Chris, you know what I'm talking about. Chick Fil A is empty right now. Popeye has killed him. Really? Well, like, that's what happens when you're political with your food, honey. There you go. Really? Because they're still popping everybody's out here getting in the, the chicken sandwich at Popeye's. Like I'm. I've been seeing all over my feed today. Oh that yeah, did they Popeyes drive through was packed and nobody's at Chick Fil A? Did they just it's like fucking empty? Did Popeyes just figure out that you can put chicken in bread? Apparently, and uh, they and they <laughs> seasoned it extra hard to like taste so much better than I mean um, that's Chick Fil A sandwich. She'll so. get you real good. <laughs> <laughs> Anywho, definitely. so um, well um, before we uh, get wrapped up here, I definitely want to. Figure- have you tell people where they can find you and your events. Awesome. So Don't where I can we get you on Instagram? <laughs> you can find my personal Instagram, God is trans. And if you're interested in finding out more about trans events, maybe trans spaces to meet people, you can follow us on uh, Instagram or on Twitter, trans owned, or you can go to transowned.com and that will redirect you to one of our events and if you're in the Denver or New York area and you're looking to meet some trans people, my events are called Made Up Club at madeupclub.com. And yeah, I'm super easy to find. It didn't take us much work, so, you know. <laughs> it's true. All you have to do is hop on Grinder, and I will be... Oh, yeah. Actually, very quickly, I, I uh, started, I've been talking about this for a few episodes now. Mm-hmm. I got on this trans app. Transder? No, it's just trans. Okay. And um, it has been, I've had way more success with that app than any other app in terms of getting girls to message me back. Like, But are you paying for messages? 
Um, well, all the I don't I don't mind like for dating apps. I always pay for like the gold membership or whatever. Like I don't well, I don't need it to be free. I usually pay that's for the every tea. network. They charge us the same price. Oh, really? So well, for us to like on these trans apps, uh-huh. they're being developed by cisgender men, oh. and then they're just making money off of us. Mm-hmm. And when it comes to the difference between a trans app and say Grinder that has a trans filter that mm-hmm. you can just see trans girls. Mm-hmm. Grinder is the more popularly known one, and it's free for us. Yeah. Whereas, um, for us to even respond to a message, we have to pay like you know, nine nine dollars a month or whatever the mm. thing is. So I just feel a little pinched about yeah, says people trying TSA. to make money off of us when we're just trying to safely meet. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, shoot, put give me a pop up ad instead of trying to charge me. Like, I gotta be honest, though, I'm finding way more girls on um. When it's I was just on called Grindr. It's the green one, right? No, it's pur- purple. Purple. Yeah, I think yeah, you've so, said it's purple. Yeah. Yes. So I mean, the thing is, like, thing. when I'm on Grinder, I see like the same five girls on there, and I'm just mm-hmm. like, Block is them. there anybody else? <laughs> 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 that's, that's how you change it up. Totally. She's but, like, he's just like, he's like, it's just, like so many chicks. Always on it's, online. It's, it's crazy. Um, and they do. They can reply to you for free if you message them first. I see. There we go. But you can't get random messages unless they can like wink at you or whatever to get your Just, attention. Yeah, and then you can like hit them up. But mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I kind of online dating spurts, and I'll just like I'll have a day where I'm like. I'm going to send out messages to like 15 girls to see what happens. Mm-hmm. Totally. And then I don't do anything for a week. So, yeah. Even though you get seven back, responses. Well, I, I wish I got well, seven responses. Whatever. <laughs> whatever. You tell me like about that. it and then you don't do anything. Uh, there was one girl I was talking to and I just stopped because I'm like, I don't want to pen pal and you don't want to video chat or do anything else. And we had been texting for like, uh, we've weeks. been texting for yeah, like a good two weeks, mm-hmm. texting back and forth. And she don't want to meet. Constant texting. It she was because she's be in. Seen. She was in. She's in another state. Mm-hmm. She's in Missouri. Mm-hmm. But I wanted to move to either phone call or uh, FaceTime, mm-hmm. and like really just. And then I mean, from there I can just plan. I can just fly out there and visit her. But so she didn't I have want a suggestion. Video chat or anything. So to, for me, uh-huh. it is very hard for me to. Prep, paint a gorgeous studio uh, face huh. for a video chat. Okay. However, if a man sends me a message and says, baby, I want to have a virtual dinner date with you tonight. Here is $50 in your Venmo. Go order yourself some Chinese food. If you're feeling so compelled, pop on some tinted lip gloss mm-hmm. and hot, and let's have a video date. To, like it gives this person a, mm. oh, and and this is just for the out of town specifically. Obviously, if you're in the same town, you can go a different route. But if you're speaking someone out of state, giving that, just recognizing and validating that this person actually has to put a financial investment to just look at you. Mm-hmm. I mean, a good pair of lashes is $11. I don't know about you, but that's more than some meals I eat. Like for a nice set of lashes. So just like thinking like, I'm not saying that's the way to go. I'm not Mm -hmm. saying you have to be rich or send a girl money to interact with her, but I will say it sure is tough to get all gorgeous just to potentially be someone's spank bank material. (laughs) Potentially. You know, in the bank. I will say, well, um, exactly. Or maybe you're right there masturbating during the video and I can't even see it. And that's that's terrible. No, we don't don't suggest guys do that. Well, of course not. But I'm saying that 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 might be a four star move, but that might be like the last 
100 interactions this girl had That's prior true. to you. And like okay. all these guys are trying to video with her. And she's thinking, um, we've only been texting two weeks. <laughs> I don't fucking owe you any video. <laughs> you know, when you're like, yeah, damn, we've been texting for two weeks. I haven't even seen I you. didn't say, hey, show me your dick on video. No, no, I'm no, no, like, no. Of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're being respectful, but. I want to escalate Just a little bit of perspective. Oh. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm, I, I am impatient, so. And, and as, half of like the as relationships I. that I find um, with trans women that are at least online, like, mm-hmm. like I've dated girls long distance mm-hmm. a few times. Like I've just like flying out to, I would just fly out to see them like every totally. month or whatever. Yeah. But it's like, I don't mind the long distance thing. It's just, it needs to progress at a steady rate. Of course. And, and not also, be a waste of time. And I've, this is just women period that I've experienced. So, Please feel free to defend all women on this one because I'm going to just keep it real. I'll take it. I really get tired of bearing the brunt of of moving the conversation forward. Like I'm asking a shit ton of questions. And before you know it, I run out of shit to ask about. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, what do we do now? Like, I can talk to you forever and over voice chat, but Mm -hmm. like texting, I'm going to run out of shit to say. Like, do you have any questions for me? (laughs) I was like, they just... Don't seem super engaged. Yeah, and but that happens with a lot. I mean, cis and trans. Like I've experienced that with both on like dating apps and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, dude, can you please just carry the conversation just a little bit? More fish in the sea. That's true. Just recognizing that <laughs> inter- that non-interaction, being like, okay, that's definitely one you're of the a busy why, girl. Like, I cut yeah. it off with that shit because I'm like, dude, I'm mm-hmm. carrying this conversation. I'm trying to progress, and you're just like, here. She was super young. Mm-hmm. I make I, I make. Uh, bad decisions and, and go after super young chicks sometimes. She was like mm. 23. Well, then she's probably on <laughs> Snapchat and Instagram and all the things. Yeah. With and all and the... what I found out towards the end, she was like, she fresh off of a relationship. Mm-hmm. She was with somebody and she was only a month out from being broken up with this guy. And I'm like, the fuck? Don't you need more of a break than that? Before I'm like, I'm very clear on my profile. I'm looking for a long term relationship. Yeah, totally. Not here for that short term bullshit. Like, I ain't got time for none of that mess. Mm-hmm. I'm here for something real. Absolutely. And I mean, girls love that and they respond to it, but then mm-hmm. it's just a pen, fucking pen pal. I'm just just like, keep right, going. Yeah. <laughs> we battle the pen pal <laughs> bullshit too. Uh, okay. And also, it's really hard to take a guy serious when he doesn't live in the same state as us. Mm. I even have guys talking to me from New York who I fly out to New York more than once a month and they can't even come to Brooklyn from Queens. Ooh. I fly across the country and you can't, like. That's only like. Five stops away. It's quite close. Yes. Bad. So exactly. Sorry, we 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 call all all guys that are douchebags. We call them Chad, and then Chad. we also call them four star guys. Cool. Yeah. In high school, we called them bro Chads. Oh yeah. There <laughs> yeah. you go. <laughs> hey bro. Hey Chad. We actually have an episode called uh, Chad the Bro. So that's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> hey, we'd always be like, Hey, look at all these bro Chads around. Yeah, so. Awesome. Cool. Well. uh that was, that was, I think we had a fucking spectacular Yeah, we covered here, a guys. lot. It was a Bam. great episode. For sure. Everybody, um, please, please make sure to find us on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify. Give us a five-star rating. We need more people to rate us five stars. Don't do that. Just makes it easier star. for everyone to find us on those platforms. Raises our rank. Also, please... Follow us on Instagram, follow us on Facebook, follow, follow us on Twitter. Uh, please subscribe to the YouTube channel. We are posting, um, we are starting to post select full episodes on full YouTube episodes. and face, Facebook. So you can 
take this on the road or just send easier links to your friends and family. Uh, we also do post a lot of short, shorter, uh, uh, I'm sorry, clips, shorter clips. And then, um, you know, we're going to start, we're going to start posting, especially on Facebook. We want to generate a lot of conversation. So I'm going to start posting a lot of like news stories on there um, that have to do with the trans community. Uh, for example, there was a recent story about a man who killed himself because he was being ridiculed for uh, dating a trans woman. Like that's definitely something I want shared out and we should definitely talk about a lot more. For um, sure. But yeah, like. We're, we're here to build this community on all social platforms, so please follow us, do us a solid, give us some follows, and help us reach more people. Absolutely. Awesome. And uh, thanks uh, thanks again to our uh, our guest today, Maddie. Thank you very much for so coming much and for talking to us. <laughs> the pleasure is mutual. Thank you. Good, 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 good. And as always, guys, that's been Trans Talk for Men. I've been Eric. And I'm Chris. And, and Maddie. I'm Maddie. Hey, now, <laughs> hey, now we got it. <laughs> We'll catch you guys next time. Peace. Stay beautiful.